Hi there, this is Jeff Otis, Senior Wealth Consultant and Partner, and you're listening to Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange. We cover topics related to investing in personal finance, and on this coffee break, we will discuss what the positive vaccine news means for the markets and for you. As always, I hope you enjoy the listen, and please reach out with any questions. All right, well, let's get started. appreciate you guys being here with us. We've got uh, Tyler Hay, our CEO, and Jeff Dix, Director of Investments here. And uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. What What is currently driving the markets? Well, thanks, Jeff, for having me. Um, I'll answer that, you know, over the last eight months and near term. Over the last eight months, certainly, you know, supportive Fed, supportive fiscal policies, low interest rates, um, you know, has led to asset price appreciation. Um, in addition, you know, the economy snapped back far fast, far quicker um, than people have envisioned. And quarter three earnings have been strong as well. Uh, near term, the recent rally is very much due to the positive vaccine announcements, you know, first from Pfizer uh, and here on Monday from Moderna. And the efficacy numbers have been much better than anticipated. So personally, I'm pretty bullish on the economy looking out to 2021. Uh, I think we're closer to trend growth. Um, prior to our country having herd immunity. If you actually look at COVID deaths, and most listeners know this, but they're heavily concentrated in our population that's over 70 years of age. I think 85% roughly of the deaths have been in this age cohort. Uh, Currently, we have about 54 million people over the age of 65. Uh, The U.S. government has pre-ordered 100 million Pfizer doses uh, that'll be uh, ready over the next quarter. Moderna has committed to supply the U.S. with another 20 million doses, and these are two doses per million or per person, rather. So that's 60 million people that can get vaccinated. Those are going to be heavily distributed, you know, first to uh, healthcare workers, um, the at-risk population, especially those that are concentrated, like in senior housing facilities. Um, but I think it's likely our economy uh, and, and the government's very, uh, you know, going to be more open to reopening the economy if you think about the at-risk population being more protected. So I think if you look you know, at the back half of 2021, I think it'll be a much more normalized growth environment. Not back to normal as habits have changed, but I think if you think about GDP growth, I think we should be back you know, to 2019 levels middle of next year. And I think 2022 will be even improved from there as we get herd immunity and as the vaccines just distributed uh, to most of the population or at least the population that's willing to take it. Um, you know, and especially if we get another stimulus package announced over the next quarter, um, I think uh, the economy should be on solid footing looking, you know, out till 2021 uh, and 2022. And Tyler, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you think back to what was going on in March um, in a very simplistic way, it was, oh, my God, buy Peloton, buy Netflix, buy those kinds of stocks, the ones that are going to benefit from, you know, a lockdown. And then, you know, that that became the you know predominant thought. And those types of companies did really, really well as COVID surged. Fast forward to today and Jeff touched on this, but you get this really positive vaccine news, you know, with efficacies in the, in the 90 percentile when originally there had been projections that they would be in the 60 percent, you know, uh, range. So humongously more effective than people were thinking. And I guess to, to Jeff's point, there's light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, that creates the question of, OK, well, then maybe I don't want to own Peloton anymore because people are sick of looking at the same screen and they're going to want to travel. So I should buy, you know, airlines or hotels or 
or whatever restaurants are the beneficiaries of that. And so there's been this big shift in terms of, hey, we need to you know, invest for a COVID lockdown to now we need to invest for a reopen. And I think that that's where investors are struggling. And I think that, you know, as we go through this podcast, I'll touch on a little bit more, but that's the question people should be asking right now is, is it time, you know, that you, you move on from this, you know, we're in a COVID world to, hey, how do we start looking towards reopening plays? Or do you, or do you maybe think about it differently? So that's, I think, the, the key question. Okay, so moving on, um, I mean, the last few weeks or so in conversations with clients, I mean, there's been a lot of fear and anxiety leading into the election. And then you had positive kind of market reaction to the election and now another uh, uptick from, from vaccine news. But what risks are out there uh, that are still out there that investors should be monitoring? And uh, Tyler, why don't you take that one? Sure. I'd say that there's some obvious risks, um, such as, you know, what if not an, there's not enough vaccines produced soon enough? Um, what if people don't take them? Um, what if, you know, the virus was to mutate and it's not effective for next flu season and then people are panicking or next, you know, next season and all of a sudden people are panicking, thinking, well, now we need a new vaccine and there isn't one. And then we, you know, this whole psyche starts over again. I think those are some of the um, obvious risks. I think that maybe some of the more subtle risks are trying to figure out what parts of our um our economy, what parts of our culture have changed permanently and how that might event, you know, affect your investment you know, future. I mean, are you, so a lot of people have been deciding that they're gonna buy outdoor equipment, they're gonna go snowmobiling, or they're gonna go jet skiing and those companies have had great sales. You know, is, that, is that a permanent trend? Is that a temporary trend? Because if it's a permanent trend, you might wanna invest differently. If you think it's temporary and as soon as people, there's gonna be a hundred jet skis sitting in the local landfill, you know, as soon as this is over, that's a different concept. So I think that really trying to process what does this world look like, you know, post-economy, what's really changed and what's going to go back to normal. Um, you know, certainly for Evergreen, you know, our business has changed. You know, people haven't been in the office and yet we've been able to continue to, you know, operate at, at high, you know, high productivity. Will we take the same, you know, real estate square footage next next time we sign a lease? Have we changed you know, into more of a remote world. I think working through those dynamics is going to be huge for making sure your portfolio is positioned appropriately. And Jeff, anything to add? Yeah, I have a couple of things I'd add in terms of the biggest risks to the market. You know, I think if you look at the, the news flow, um, the mainstream answer would be the re recent COVID breakout. And I don't doubt we could see some near-term volatility. Obviously, you know, the down days center around news on the recent COVID breakout. But as long as a vaccine... As long as the vaccine news progresses positively, I think the market will look through that. So near term, I think there's three main risks. You know, at first, I think if the Pfizer or Moderna or both, if both of the vaccines have delays or if there's negative news surrounding the efficacy or, you know, if there's if there's a major delay with the distribution, I think that's, that's a major negative near term. And that's part of the reason why the rallies, the markets rally here uh, over the last few weeks. So I think you could lose lose that up move really quickly in that in that case. I think secondly, you know, if we don't get another stimulus package over the next quarter, there's going to be a lot of businesses and consumers that really struggle. And there's been, um, you know, in, in, with the Senate and the House, there's been a lot of disagreements over the package. And with, uh, you know, the uncertainty of the presidential election, I know that's, uh, you know, leading towards fun at this point heavily. 
but I, I think any delay in a stimulus package would be materially negative. If we don't see something by January or February. Uh, I think the market could see a lot of volatility. And thirdly, I think the Georgia elections in January uh, are another event to watch. Um, I think that if the snap election goes blue, so if the Senate, uh, you know, 50-50, I think that near term, the market could see some downside volatility there. Longer term, I'm not certain that that would shift policies significantly. And with what I mean with that, I'm not sure uh, we could get, you know, major tax policy adjustments, uh, even if the, the Senate uh, moves to 50-50. Okay, even though Vice President may give them the, the extra vote there. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, you know, Georgia is obviously a, a very split uh, state. And, you know, if, if Democratic, you know, Republic or sorry, Democrats go in, you know, I'm not sure they're going to vote the the far left uh, tax policies. And, you know, we'll see. But I, I I think it might be more challenging to get some of those policies through uh, than than might be popularly believed. Okay. On the flip side, in terms of uh, opportunities, what opportunities do you see emerging ahead? And, and Jeff, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I think, you know, with my views on the economy doing well next year, um, I think it's likely that interest rates trend higher. I think it's likely that inflation, you know, begins to move up. The Fed has been very clear they're going to keep rates low. Uh, they've also been clear they're willing to let inflation run above 2%. Uh, and I think, you know, with a, with a good growth outlook, you know, generally value stocks outperform uh, in that type of environment. Uh, this year has been a tremendous year for growth in tech. Uh, large cap rose up 32%. Cap values down 1%. Uh, if you look at the valuation, um, you know, uh, growth traded about a 14-point premium to value. So the PE multiple uh, is 14 points higher, around 36 for large cap growth versus 22 for large cap value. Um, so the valuation discrepancy favors, favors value significantly. And generally, in a rising interest rate environment, a rising inflationary environment, you know, value sectors tend to outperform. So, you know, with, with the significant outperformance of large cap growth there, I think investors should heavily consider taking down their growth exposure, at least trimming the gains this year, uh, and then looking to buy up value stocks that you know, have significantly underperformed not only this year, but over the last decade. And Tyler, last word here. I think that Jeff's probably right that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are saying gross had too, too big of a run relative to value and that, and that, you know, normally reverses over time or normalizes. And I think that that's probably a reasonable um, bet over the next one to two years. But when I look out further ahead um, at what's happened as a result of everything that's gone on, from from COVID, what I see was a movie that was already playing out, which was technology already being this dominant force that's taking over our lives more and more, that we're relying on more and more, that's helping us more and more. And and it took that movie and it pressed fast forward. And it, it started to really accelerate so many of the things that were already going to happen. And you think about you know, how much, you know, the evolution of telemedicine during this. I mean, that has that really become a, you know, that field was always kind of pie in the sky. And, and now all of a sudden it's becoming real. You know, the online communication between us uh, as individuals has just been so accelerated. You know, at, at Evergreen, for example, we couldn't get clients to do Zoom meetings 
Um, we begged them, hey, you don't want to drive in and park and do all that stuff. It's just as effective and clients wouldn't do it. And now will we ever go back to, you know, 100% in-person meetings? I don't know, but we probably won't go, you know, it won't be, it's not going to go away. And so there's a lot of uh, technology has really just further entrenched itself into our lives during this. And I think that finding the companies that are, you know, mostly uniquely benefited from benefiting from that is going to be a real growth opportunity for, you know, when you look down the road. Good stuff. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for jumping on here and we'll do this again ahead. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thanks, guys.